0: This podcast is sponsored by FHE Health and their Shatterproof Program for First Responders, the number one behavioral health facility in the country for our first responders who are suffering. Links are in the show notes. I am so excited to have my next guest on the show. Paige Arnone is on the podcast. She is the creator of First Jebity. It's an online yoga virtual platform that she designed for the first responder community. Now, yoga, before you shrug it off, yoga is very, very good for you. It relieves stress. It helps with flexibility. It can help with your overall mindfulness and your mental health. And Paige is going to tell you and we're going to talk about how all this benefits not only you, but benefits your agency. Paige Ernoni, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Patrick here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I've been doing this for a long time now, and you're the reason why I keep coming back. The listener and supporter. If you love the show, please share it with your family and friends. And thank you for doing what you do in the first responder community, whatever it is, maybe you're working corrections, maybe you're a road deputy, maybe you're a cop, maybe you're a dispatcher who often often get forgotten dispatchers. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Firemen, paramedic. I love you all. Thank you for doing it. And remember this, you are honored, cherished and above all you are loved. Keep up the fantastic work.
1: for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go.
0: Hello everybody, welcome back. I am so happy to have my next guest on the show she is doing so much for the first responder community she is paige arnoni she is the founder of first jeopardy and she's here on the show today paige welcome thank
2: you good morning
0: good morning yeah i had the pleasure of meeting you uh we went for coffee what was it a couple weeks were last week and last we week. were we actually met about a year ago at a first responder conference here in arizona you were doing some yoga work which we're going to talk about that's what you do for first responders but It is so good to see you again, and thank you for being here. It's a beautiful day in Arizona again. How did you get into the work you do for first responders? Going in, teaching them yoga and all the different types. How did you get into that?
2: Yeah, so I always kind of say that it happened by chance or Mm -hmm. luck. I kind of fell into it in a way. Um, So, you know, I started teaching first responders a little over five years ago. Um, and I was teaching a free yoga class for a city here in the Arizona area. So city of Gilbert, they were teaching, or excuse me, they were hosting a wellness event for their employees. And so they asked me to come and teach yoga. And there was another gentleman who was teaching a hit or training or a a hit training you know, circuit training high during the event, training, high yeah. intensity. Yeah. So the idea was that he was going to do that. And then I was going to teach yoga after as a recovery session. And that gentleman was a Sergeant at the police Academy. So he asked me if I wanted to come and teach his recruit class. I said, yes. Um, and then the, the story kind of has a funny twist because when he brought me in, he was telling me that he was leaving soon. And so he was trying to get me introduced to the right people and, you know, pass my business card around the academy so that I could continue to teach there. And he left to become a firefighter, um, which I guess is kind of a unique story. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but he's actually really well known and really well respected in the yeah, area. Yeah. I think he still yeah. is a firefighter for the city of Gilbert. That's awesome. um, so it was never really my intention I you know I didn't set out saying I'm going to teach first responder yoga and I'm going to find my niche it it really happened organically and it was the best thing to happen to me it ended up being so fulfilling and you know my life purpose and obviously kind of transitioned and evolved into what I'm doing now but it was totally by chance.
0: Now what's the difference between is it different teaching yoga to first responders as opposed to I, for lack of a better better word, regular people or like the general population, what's different about first responders is it's just all the same.
2: No, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So, one as a teacher you need to know who your audience is Mm -hmm. and how to teach to that audience. So teaching first responders is going to be different than teaching in a yoga studio because typically first responders are either new or maybe a little weary about yoga. (laughs) You know, let's be honest. It's not something that's um, fully received yet. And I think that there's still a stigma around it that it's feminine or woo woo. And so I'm not going to walk into a police department and start chanting or you know saying really spiritual things um because, because that's just the misconception
0: like you said yeah
2: and it's just not the environment right um mm. and so i think that would turn people away whereas at a yoga studio i think you can get away with theming and you know talking about spirituality a little bit more but also in the same breath i think that you know, first responders, you have to consider the nature of their job and trauma. And when you go in to teach a class, you need to be super mindful of those things too. And I think you do that in a, in a studio space, but even more so when you're teaching first responders that you have to understand the stressors, the trauma, you know, PTSD, and you, you teach to that and you're sensitive to that. So the way you teach is going to be different. Um, and then, you know, obviously teaching in a really direct way is, is the way that I do it. At least I'm not saying that that's how every you know, yoga teacher does for first responders. But, um, you know, I think that you need to know your audience and you need to, to teach to that. So it is very, very different.
0: So when you go into an agency, cause you're going into agencies, right? You just don't have them come to you. Mm-hmm. You go into an agency and you, and you teach them some basics, right? Foundational stuff. Is, is it well-received after you break past that, um, you know, like you said, that misconception, flowing robes and chanting and stuff like that. I mean, how is it received? I imagine pretty well, or because you're doing quite well with the first responder community. I mean, it's it's being received pretty well.
2: I think that you nailed it with, you know, it's that initial start that is the hardest thing, you know, <laughs> just getting someone in the door, you know, you're like pulling them saying like, let's go, just try it. And yes, I do find that it's very well received. If you teach in the right way, you know, like I said, if you're, if you're teaching to your audience and you're making it accessible and approachable and modern, and you're speaking to them, um, in a way that they understand and, you know, relating what they do to, to what we're doing in the yoga class, then yes, hundred percent, I think it's really well received. And typically, um, you know, especially in the beginning, the most common thing that everyone's going to talk about is their body feeling better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, usually the mental and the emotional part of it kind of comes later. So usually when I first walk in, everyone's like, I just feel, I will hear relaxed, which is great, right? You want to make sure that you're, you're reducing stress and and everyone feels relaxed. Um, But it's like, my body feels better. You know, my low back feels better. My shoulder feels better. So yeah, I do find that it's really well received, but it's, it's challenging to get that initial first step and get them to like
0: do it. So even if you're even if you're out of shape you know um I mean it it can st- yoga still benefits that because right? I mean you, you know you can start to become like you said feel better about your body stretch those areas of the body breathe correctly so even if you don't have to be some you know super in shape person to do yoga I mean I think it helps but it's really for everybody right?
2: Yeah. And I think it's so funny because yoga is the only thing that I've ever heard someone say, you know, I'm not flexible, so I can't do it Yeah, or I'm not in shape, so I can't do it, you know, and you never hear someone say, I'm not strong, so I'm not going to go to the gym. You know, I'm out of shape, so I'm not going to go to the gym. You know, you go to the gym to get stronger, to, you know, to get more fit. You go to yoga for the same reasons, to get more flexible, to get more fit. So, yeah, I think that there's a difference between ability and um what word am I thinking of um you got me up so early it's 7 a.m everyone (laughs) it's 7 a.m in Arizona um ability and willingness yeah you know those are two separate things um and I think that you know sometimes and I'm not only talking about first responders i'm talking about everyone sometimes the excuse is i'm not flexible and therefore i won't do it um when really it's something that maybe they're not receptive to um and so they're they're two different things but yeah yeah i mean come to yoga to get flexible come to yoga to get more fit
0: yeah and yoga is i mean i've tried yoga before i think i told you when we met i mean i've done uh hot yoga a lot uh, in the past and That kicked my ass in a hot yoga, but that's a different type you don't do hot yoga going into the first responder agencies, but hot yoga just, I was drained. But to your point, I felt, I felt really good afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, you're stretching, obviously the temperature is up to, you know, a million degrees, but, um, I felt really good. Like you said, I mean, it is good for your, for your, not only your body, but your mind.
2: Yeah. And I think that most people, their first introduction to yoga is hot yoga, I mean, it was for me. My very first class I ever took was a hot yoga class as well. I wouldn't do
0: hot yoga at the, at the first time, right? Oh,
2: I, well, I mean, you it depends can't. Depends on the I, person, I, think, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I never like to speak in like no's, you know, like I would honestly rather someone do hot yoga for the first time rather than not do yoga at all, you know, at least it's something. Um, I definitely don't teach Hot yoga. I mean, I have in the, I have in the past, not a set sequence, but I've definitely taught in hot rooms before. Um, I think that I think it's two, it's two things. I think that hot yoga can be a good introduction for individuals who are like type a Mm -hmm. and like, I want to sweat. I want to yeah. Same. I want to sweat. I want to work really hard. And so, um, it's the opposite of feminine or woo woo, right? Like you're just trying to survive. Like you're trying not to die in these rooms. And so, <laughs> um, and, and also, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of different firefighters and they, they like hot yoga because it simulates the elements that, that they that's go a good through. Point. Yeah, that's right. A good point. And so they're like, Hey, okay, we're learning to breathe and to like, You know, find mental clarity through these, excuse me, through these really extreme elements. So I get that part of it too. Um, However, I think that one, I do think it's really, really challenging. And so a lot of the poses are not accessible and I think that that can be a deterrent or it can turn people away. You know, no one likes to to walk into an environment and feel embarrassed or feel like they mm. suck. You know, it's already new and like you feel like you're tight and all these things. And you walk into like a really hard yoga class and you're like, wow, I can't do any of these things. And so I think that – um you know, it could go both ways. It could either be something that's really positive and people are like, I love this. And, you know, I'm going to keep going because it's so hard or it could turn people away because it's too hard. Um, My approach is all levels. Um, Obviously, you know, when I go into the agencies, we're not pumping heat and humidity in there. Um, Most of what I do is virtual yoga. And so, um, you know, you can kind of choose where you do that class. You know, if you want to do it outside in the heat, that's fine. Um, but I'm not specifically going to be teaching a hot yoga class because I want this to be accessible and approachable and something that you can incorporate into your day-to-day life. Um, and in a realistic way Yeah, and in a way that you can do it long-term too. So, I'm not teaching hot yoga, but I have I have taught hot yoga in the past, and I have done hot yoga in the past, yeah. so I get it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and for the listeners out there, Paige is an AZ post-certified instructor, so mm-hmm. that is huge for the listeners Listeners know this, maybe some of them don't, but to get that post-certification in in uh, curriculums, in this case, yoga is big because that brings credibility, obviously, to your program, and to have mm-hmm. that adopted by Arizona Post is huge, Paige.
2: Yeah, you know, I think I had a um, a sergeant at the police academy who really championed me, and you know, he he had told me, and this this was a, several years ago, um, but he was like, let's let's get you started on the process of AZ post-certification. He's like, it'll be a, a, a feather in your hat. It'll be something really good for you to have. And I don't think that I knew at the time the weight that that held um, and Dude. how, like, how, what a big deal that was. I, I really didn't know. And then when I started working with the different agencies in the Phoenix area, that was the one thing that they said. And I actually had a chief of police, he said, We wouldn't, you know, we were meeting in person and he's like, this wouldn't be a conversation if you didn't have your AZ post certification. And so I think that that has, that has helped, you know, build that credibility a lot for me. Um, But I didn't even know at the time, you know, and so, so thankful for the sergeant who, you know, champion me. Shout out to Sergeant Jason Christie. Um, you know, he really helped me a lot with that. And so, really yeah. grateful for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like I, we were talking about, I mean, before when we met, is this, you know, and you know this, page, I mean, the first responder community is a pretty um, isolated, you know, community. And, but once you're in that community, once you get your foot in the door, and once you start working with the first responders, it's a small community i'm not just talking about arizona everywhere and so once the word gets around you know you gotta you gotta check out page uh Arnone and what she's doing then it just and you probably you know this because you're living it i mean it just kind of multiplies and people are like oh yeah let's get paid she's az post certified and so that yes and that's every state when you're post certified um with a curriculum or as an officer i mean that's huge so good good job with that and the thing that i was looking over your your bio, uh, I like retired skydiver.
2: <laughs>
0: retired skydiver, page.
2: Yes. I've lived a lot of different lives. You know, and, I've had uh, a lot of different chapters. So, yes, that is one of them.
0: <laughs> I love skydiving. I haven't done it in a while. And I was in the Army. And I think I told you I was jumping out of airplanes. A little different. It was a static line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've done a couple tandem jumps mm-hmm. back in the day. And I would love to, to get into skydiving again. Before.
2: I think I'm... I've hung up my hat for that. (laughs) I think I'm done. I'm retired from skydiving. Retired. (laughs) I am retired. Um, You know, it was such an interesting and fun and unique part of my life. And, you know, I look back with such great memories, but I think I'm done.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah. It was great. I, um, I was really young. I was, you know, fresh, I dropped out of college to become a, a skydiver basically is kind of my trajectory. I was like, I'm done with college. I'm going to go move, you know, in the middle of nowhere and just skydive for a living. It was kind of my like eat, pray, love moment where I was yeah, yeah. like, I'm just going to go and, you know, um, live this really interesting lifestyle. And so I did. And, um, you know, I was teaching other people how to skydive and I was competing in skydiving competitions. And, um, nice. I actually, in 2013, I held a Guinness World Record for the largest uh, formation. It was all female formation flying upside down. So, um, here in Arizona? Was... You in did Arizona. that in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Yep, in 2013. It's since been broken. Um, so, wow. You know, I'm kind of washed up in that way. But, in 2013, up, yes. Guinness World Record, uh, largest all female formation flying upside down yeah so um you know I accomplished a lot and it was really fun Um, and then it was just kind of time for me to move on I had a really bad season that I was working where there were a lot of injuries a lot of fatalities and it the job became really stressful where you know it was a constant feeling of like this is it you know I'm
0: and that's the place you not because I know because I've gone to out of planes and you Mm -hmm. once you get that mindset it's almost like a you got to hang it up man yeah. i mean because you got to trust your equipment like you said but if you get into that mindset of oh shit something's going to i mean that's just not especially yeah, you're you, jumping to, you know thousands of feet up in the air
2: you can't be timid you no. have to like charge it and yeah. so yeah so i'm after that i i did indoor skydiving for a little bit a little bit safer <laughs> um and then eventually i kind of you know
0: you know what you got to do Paige? you got to you got to just go on a few more jumps and do Skydiving yoga. Say
2: wingsuit. Oh, skydiving.
0: Skydiving yoga.
2: (laughs) I kind of did be be up there. I kind of did. You know, those were the things that I did. So there are different styles, just like you know, in yoga, there's different styles. Um, But the thing that I did, I did freestyle and um, free flying, and so it was kind of like that. It was tricks and different orientations in the air, and so I kind of did, in a sense.
0: What's the highest jump for?
2: Um, 18,000 feet.
0: Mine was about 15.
2: Yep. So we had 18,000 with oxygen. When you do large formation type stuff, you have multiple planes. I think we had five planes. Um, they all fly in formation and then everyone jumps out at the same time, but it's obviously gonna be staggered because you're jumping at it at the same time, but different times. Right. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, you have to have more time in the air to be able to link up and hold hands.
0: Do, do you think that experience, and maybe this is a stupid question, do you, do you think that experience when you were in your skydiving career, do you think that that kind of aided you to where you're at today as far as like teaching yoga and going into, you know, doing what you're doing? Do you think that aided you? Because you have to have obviously a lot of concentration. You have to believe in yourself when you're jumping out of a plane. Do you think that aided to where you're at today? Or was it just like a phase? where, Okay, yeah, I was jumping out of planes.
2: I think that everything has aided. Like I think, I believe that everything is a next step to where you're yeah, going.
1: Build, building, yeah.
2: And yes, a hundred percent. I mean, when you're doing something like that, you have to focus on your breath. You have yeah. to to have that mental resilience, and you have to find that concentration and that clarity. If you're panicking and you're you know hyperventilating and you're freaking out, there's no way you're going to be able to do those things. So. Um, I think I was, I mean, I was already practicing yoga during that time. Uh, I definitely do think that that, those, I gained tools that I later, you know, was able to um, expand on as my career in yoga expanded. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, the one thing I wanted to kind of shift a little bit is, you know, we, we all deal with with trauma we all have baggage you know i mean i learned as as the older i get you know that you you just never know what people are dealing with and so when you go into an organization and you're trying to teach them yoga which is stress reduction more, you know flexibility all that stuff um first responders as you know page i mean they have i mean they just subjected to trauma daily 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 but you didn't have the best childhood, and you've you've gone through difficult times. um can you can you talk to that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So you know my background or my childhood, I both my parents are drug addicts, mm-hmm. um, drug of choice methamphetamines. My dad was imprisoned from the age of five until I was eleven. So you served a six year sentence for the sale of narcotics. Um, when he got out, he immediately went back to using. Um, so he was, and he was also extremely abusive verbally and physically. So, um, you know, my childhood experiences were really challenging. Um, my mom left when I was about eight years old and she left me in the care of my stepdad and didn't come back for a while. Um, she was also, you know, heavy in her addiction. And, um, she wasn't physically abusive, but she was really mentally and emotionally, um, abusive. And she would just kind of come in and out of my life when she needed something. And usually it was that, you know, she needed money to feed her addiction Um, and so she would try to leverage me against my stepdad to get what she needed, um, or she would have a new boyfriend. And so she would pull me out of my stable home into, you know, an unstable environment, um, with her new boyfriend. And then when they would inevitably break up, then I would go back. So I was kind of like back and forth between, um, and then also having the experience of my dad who, um, he lived in California after he got out of prison, he served his parole in, in California. So, um, you know, and seeing him you know, physically abuse his, um, partners and yeah, I, I mean, it was really challenging. I grew up, you know, just really feeling like I wasn't enough and, um, you know, neither of my parents wanted me. And so in my head as a kid, you know, something was wrong with me. And so my confidence was, Really low, my self esteem was really low. And I was constantly trying to change myself to be a version that I thought they would love. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really have a good sense of who I was. I think I lost who I was along the way because I was like, well, maybe if I was prettier or funnier or smarter, then they would stop doing what they were doing and they would, you know, come back and they would be my parents and they would love me. And then that didn't happen. And so then I turned to resentment and anger and, you know, started choosing the wrong paths and the wrong friends. And, um, And that's when I, you know, started having really bad anxiety and panic attacks and I was really nasty and reactive, um, because of that. And so, um,
0: what was the catalyst that, that, you know, the, the point where you said, okay, I got, I have to, I have to choose a different path. I mean, I have to, this is not the path I don't want to follow in their footsteps. You know, I, you know what I mean? What was the aha moment where, okay, I got to fucking do this. I got to get away from this. I got to change my life.
2: Yeah. I think it's so funny because growing up, that was always what I said. Like, I never want to be like my parents. I always, you know, had that in me, but because I was hurting so much, like I I feel like I fell into this, like really like negative and, you know, bad path for a little while. And, um, I think I really just, I don't know if there was one moment, you know, it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, oh my god, I'm, you know, just kind I'm, really, of a building I'm I'm momentum. fucking up here. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, in college I was like I I just want to be healthier and I I just want I think I just I, I think I knew that I needed something to be able to like process because I had just shoved everything down for so long. You know, I think on the surface to everyone else, I was fine. You know, I was happy and, you know, I had friends and I was, you know, a cheerleader and all of these things that I think, you know, from an outside perspective, everyone would assume that I had a great upbringing. Cause I, I didn't share those things sure. with, with people. Like that wasn't something I wanted anyone to know. I wanted everyone to think that I was, you know, great. And, um, I started practicing yoga in college because I did want to be become more physically fit. Um, and, but I think deep down, I knew that like, I needed something to help with my panic attacks and my anxiety. And I found that, in yoga. Yeah. So, you know, in a lot of ways, and I say this a lot, and I think it's so maybe so cheesy, but it's so true that yoga really saved my life. And oh, there's in, nothing in, in cheesy about it. I mean, <laughs>
0: anything that's I don't think it's cheesy at all. Anything that is going to I mean, treatment saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's different things that can save your life or get you on the right trajectory. Um, and yoga is one of those, you know, those modalities that it's so good for you, you know, not just for your body but for your mind because that's the big thing right I mean when you can get your mind more centered and start thinking clearly and you're doing yoga and you're eating better and you're you know you're getting away from all that stuff um that's huge Paige I mean you know Mm -hmm. that and you teach you're certified in don't 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 laugh at me if I
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) yes
2: and then
0: Uh, ashtanga and yin yoga I don't know what those mean, but they sound pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure no one listening to this knows what those are either. So that's okay. Um, You know, the training that I had was um, a really well-rounded training. It had a heavy focus on what's called Ashtanga Vinyasa. So basically what that is, it's a, a very traditional practice based on moving meditation. Um, so you're linking your breath with your movement. Um, and it's a strong practice, but I also had training in other styles. So, you know, yin yoga, which is deep stretching, um, meditation, breathing exercises, um, align like really heavy alignment, um, was my training. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, no one really needs to know what Ashtanga Vinyasa means, but that's the style. Um, and so my training was very heavily influenced by that because my teacher, um, that's his background. So yeah.
0: And and you mentioned meditation and or mindfulness. I mean, I am a huge, huge believer in uh practicing. Uh, you know, I, I meditate. Um you know, practice mindfulness. And, and for those listeners out there, when I talk about meditate, it goes back to what we said at the beginning. It's meditation does not have to be sitting there with your, your legs crossed, you know, in a robe, you know, chanting with incense in the background. You can meditate. I, I meditate when I'm at the gym, you know, when I'm on, on the treadmill or doing whatever. I mean, it can be anywhere. It's just living in the moment. It's okay. Being in the moment, right?
2: Yeah. So, meditation is the cessation of thoughts. Yeah. Right. So you're trying to clear the mind as much as you can. Yeah. Um, so
0: it takes practice,
2: a a lot of practice, a lot of practice. I remember when I
0: first started my, you know, I'm like, Oh shit, you know, thoughts are coming at me, but it's just breath. And like you said, trying to clear your mind.
2: Mm -hmm. And like you said, being super connected to the present moment, to your body, you know, to what's happening and in that specific moment. Um, you know, my first introduction to meditation was not good. And I think that that experience has helped me a lot in what I do now, because, you know, and I, (laughs) some of my friends, this is the first, time I'm going to say this on like a podcast, but, um, if you're my friend or my family, you know, that I take like three baths a day. And this is because Previously, when I was going through everything, I couldn't sit with myself at all for any amount of time without having like flashbacks and going into complete hysteria. And so I feel like I've earned that. You know, now I can like sit in stillness. And so, like, it's almost like an accomplishment that I'm able to do that. And so, you know, people make fun of me about that, but I'm like, no, like, I've earned what that they, because I've would worked make, hard.
0: Why would they make fun of you?
2: No, just like in a, in a like teasing way. Oh, They're like, okay. are you in the bath again? <laughs>
0: you
2: know, <laughs> three baths a day. Like, do you really need that? I'm like, I've earned these three baths well, and a that's day, your, you know? And it sounds like um, that's
0: your place. That's your, one of your places yeah, to where just you can like, go mm-hmm. and just be, be be you and clear your mind.
2: Yeah, um, but my introduction to meditation was, was really kind of traumatic for me. And, um, you know, I was in a group setting and I was, I say forced, um, but, you know, they were like, sit down and meditate was kind of the idea. And it was a circle with other people who I didn't really know very well. It was not a trauma, like informed environment at all. It was just like, okay, everyone sit down, close your eyes, you know, cross-legged and meditate. And I had, I think it was like a 20 or 30 minute silent meditation and I was inside just feeling like I was going to explode. You know, I was so uncomfortable. There were so many things coming up. I did not want to be there at all. And I ended up having to run out of the room and I was hysterically crying because I was like, I like, I don't, I wasn't prepared for that. And I think that that's something that is not talked about in the industry a lot is that You have to be prepared for meditation Um, and you have to be physically prepared, you know, sitting in a cross-legged position for 30 minutes for a lot of people is not accessible. You know, like I go to the agencies or to, um, you know, the um, academies and some cannot sit in a cross-legged position because they're yeah. so tight you know it's really yeah, yeah. uncomfortable. Um so physically you have to be prepared but then also like mentally and emotionally you have to be prepared for these things. And so I think as a teacher you have to be really mindful of that, you know, that um someone who has PTSD or trauma, you know, sitting them down and saying meditate might be a really traumatic and really challenging experience That's for them. Point. And so, yeah. and so that was my introduction and it turned me away from meditation for a long time. And I went to my teacher and I was like, Hey, like, I, I don't want to sit with myself. I don't, I don't want to know what's down there. Like I'm afraid of what's inside. Yeah. And my teacher was like, Paige, like you have, you have to be able to sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, if you don't want to sit with yourself, who else is going to want to sit with you? Yeah, and I was, it was gonna, like, just about moment, to say that. Yeah. It was this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, if I don't like me, who else is going to like me? Yeah. And so I knew that that was the work. And so, you know, I, gradually started working on these things. And it's been years and years and years and years of this, and it didn't happen right away. And I think that a lot of people should understand that it is a practice and it's okay if it's uncomfortable. And, um, you know, just like you said before, there are different ways to meditate and not everyone is going to gravitate towards the same thing. You know, maybe doing that moving meditation, you know, at least in the beginning is the way that we need to to approach it. Um, you know, I typically for first responders really try to stick to yoga Nidra meditation, Mm -hmm. um, which is a specific style that is typically used for veterans or anyone with PTSD, um, because it's super neutral. It's not meant to be triggering at all. It's very relaxing, you know, very much like a body scan or mindfulness, um, you know, safe space where, um, you know, you can feel and you can, you know reap the benefits of of the meditation without you know any sort of like triggering or or, yeah. or trauma response to it yeah. so um yeah
0: no <laughs> I, 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 I talk lo- a lot so no
1: no
0: think at some point you're gonna have to like you said Paige I mean you're gonna have to sit and, and dig deep within yourself uh, and and be comfortable, like you said, I, I love what you said up, I and mean, it's all amazing, but I, I love what you said about, look, if you can't sit with yourself, if you can't be content, and it does take practice, it takes its constant practice, um, if you can't sit with yourself, if you're not comfortable with yourself, how is somebody else going to be comfortable with you? Yeah you know, because people are going to pick up on that, you know, and yes, we all go through challenges, we are all carrying on a bunch of shit. But that's what modalities like yoga and being, you know, having, you know, somebody like you come in and teach yoga, um, you have to start somewhere, you know, we need something in our life to keep us going to help alleviate stress and trauma and stuff like that.
2: And there's two things that come to mind. Um, You know, the first thing with, you know, having to, to be able to sit with yourself and dig deep, and this might be something that's controversial when I say this, but For the longest time, I thought that by shoving that shit down and not dealing with it and putting on a strong face and like posting up, you know, that that was the strength. You know, I thought that that was me being strong and being like, I'm good. I'm not affected by it. Everything's good. And through my years of, you know, of practice and, um, you know, trying to understand everything and process everything. I've realized that the true strength is in dealing with it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's
2: it's easy to escape and shove it down or numb. Like that's, you know, because that feels good, right? That's, it's easier to like, not want to deal with it and to run away from it. The hard part is like sitting with it and being like, I got to actually deal with it and process it like that. And it's so hard. It's oh, so, so, so hard. Um, but that's where the strength is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, and, and so, you know, that's my first thought of, you know, is like, yeah, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, but vulnerability is strength and dealing oh, with it is strength. And I think that we have to flip that concept on its head. Cause I think a lot of people, um, just in the world, but, um, You know, I think a lot of people view vulnerability as weakness, and it's really the true strength.
0: Especially in the first responder field, you you know this now. You said it, not me. Is no, that's true. (laughs) That's true. I mean, you know, because and I was like that too. I mean, you can't show weakness. You you got to bury shit. You got to, and and sometimes that's good because it keeps you alive or keeps you focused on the next call. But at some point you know, you, you, there's only so much you can take. I mean, it's like filling a glass with water. I mean, there's only so much that's going to go in that glass before it starts spilling over. And Mm -hmm. in the case of, of trauma and PTSD and stress, it's going to manifest into other things, drinking, drugs, uh, anger, bitterness, it's going to manifest at some point. So what Mm -hmm. a great, what a great thing to do, such as yoga and meditation to kind of counteract that. Okay, Mm -hmm. I can deal with this. You know, I'm resilient. Um, You know, I can deal with anything that life throws at me, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to do things such as yoga and bringing people like you in to to kind of help counteract that. That's how we become better. That's how we become more resilient.
2: Yep,
0: 100%. Hey, Jernoni, you are amazing. You're awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I love talking to you. Um, You're so wise and you're doing great things for the first responder community. I love the yoga. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? I mean you got your website Firstgevity. Yeah,
2: Jack. so firstgevity.com. And, you know, right now, like I said, most of what I'm doing is virtual. So locally in the Arizona area, I do work with agencies and I do in-person classes, but mostly what I'm doing is virtual. So um, you know, I work with departments and agencies directly. Um, so always can reach out to me at a uh, page at firstgevity.com just in general. If anyone wants to say hi, uh, or ask me questions can always reach out to me that way. Um, uh, LinkedIn's a really good place to reach out to wow. me too. Um, but you know, working exclusively with agencies who are prioritizing the health and wellness of their employees. So that's kind of, um, you know, the direction that I've gone. And it's been really amazing to see how many first responder agencies are doing that. You oh, know, yeah. They're building these more and more. Yeah. robust wellness programs that include a lot of different things. You know, it's not just yoga, there's, you know, peer support and, um, you know, traditional therapy and physical therapy and all these things that are being added to these wellness programs. And so, um, you know, I am so fortunate and grateful to be a small piece of that puzzle. Um, So, you know, really just trying to um, get in touch with anyone who is wanting to add yoga to their health and wellness programs.
0: Absolutely. Paige, you're amazing. Like I said, everything we talked about will be in the show notes for the listener. You can also check out the YouTube uh, that's going to be pushed out when I push this out. YouTube channel, CJ Evolution Podcast. Paige Arnone, it's been a pleasure. I hope to see you again for some coffee.
2: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Such a great show with Paige. If you love the audio, check out the video on the Criminal Justice Evolution YouTube channel linked up in the show notes.